some Pepsi. Let's pray together, though. So if you would stay quiet with me while I sit down. Father, I thank you so much for allowing us to be here tonight. I thank you so much for allowing us to be at this camp for everyone that loved us enough to send us here, to the staff that loved us enough to be here and work. God, you have, you've just worked things together so that this could happen. From every mile that was driven, to every dollar that was paid, to every hour that was spent working, God, you have, you have brought us here for a purpose and for a reason, so I ask that you would please get everything that's distracting out of the way so we can hear your word, so that we can hear your love, so we can hear our purpose and, be, and forget everything else. Thank you, God, for all that you do, all that you're doing, and all that you will continue to do. In Christ's name, amen. amen. I'm going to strap this mic on real quick because I think we do that for the podcast. Or the thingy, whatever we're doing. Alright, so, oh, I'm glad to be here. So this week we're doing, a, um, the theme is what? Out of this world. Out of this world. So we're going to be looking at some stuff in space, we're going to be looking at some stuff about that uh, general mindset, about what is beyond just the world that we see day to day, and see what that looks like when uh, we are following... God's calling for our life with that. And um, so the first thing we're going to talk about, though, tonight is uh, kind of important. It kind of goes along with everything else we're going to hear. But let me ask you this, pop quiz. What are the first words we see God speak in the Bible? Raise your hand, don't get a little. What are the first words you see God speak in the Bible? In the beginning, God said. No, no, no. What, what, what's God say? That's the first verse in the Bible. The first quotation. God's words coming out. What's the verse? You're really close. It's in that same thing, but I don't want that part. Let there. What? Keep going. Let there be light. That's right. The first phrase you hear God, it's in that same verse. The first a couple verses down. You were real close. The first thing we hear God actually speak in the Bible, the first words of his that are on paper in this form, or let there be light. The first thing that comes out of our Creator's mouth. Now we know that when God spoke, things happened. And so God said, let there be light. So Billy, let me ask you this. Before there was light, what was there? There was darkness. Because if you see this, I'm going to read this to you real quick. This isn't up here, but you can. It, it's at the beginning of your Bible. It won't be hard for you to find later. Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And check it out. And darkness covered the deep waters. So, point of interest, before God even said, let there be something, there was darkness in deep waters. Ooh, a mystery. Read the Bible. Oh. Uh, but it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Then God separated the light from the darkness. Keep in mind, let, I want you to stick that phrase in your memory. Stick that phrase in your brain. God separated the light from the darkness. darkness. It's important. Hang on to that. God separated the light from the darkness. We're going to stop right there with that verse. God separated the light from the darkness. Now, when you look up in space, when you look up into the sky, mostly, what's most of what you see at nighttime? 
most? Darkness. darkness. What you see the most of is there's darkness, and then you see the stars shining through that darkness. You see the stars shining through the darkness. Now, but on a given night, depending on where you live and stuff, you look up, you might just see dark. But here's the deal, y'all. We live in a world where that's kind of the similar place that we're in. You look at the right place and the right time, and what you what are you going to see most of? Darkness. You're going to see things like sin. You're going to see like people being oppressed. You're going to see racism. You're going to see people being hurtful. You're going to see people being bitter and mean and ugly towards each other. You're going to see darkness. Because listen, everything hurtful we see in this world is darkness that comes from the sin in our hearts. Everything that just makes your heart hurt, when you see it, everything that hurts God's heart is that darkness in this world. And just like when God said, let there be light, and he separated light from darkness, he has a plan for light in this world now. But when you look up at the stars at night, sometimes you can see a couple stars, sometimes you just see one star, sometimes you can't tell if it's a plane, and it's super confusing, and you just stand there and wait for it to move for a minute, and then you realize it's a plane, and there's no stars. Um, <laughs> different situations. Sometimes the moon is so bright up there that you can read a book by it. Light and darkness play a big role in what we see in the sky, but light and darkness play a big role in what we see in our lives and in what the world sees when they look around. Because listen, let me tell you something. When you look around and all you see is darkness, it makes it really hard to believe that God is real. When you look around and all you see is darkness, it makes it really hard to believe that people are loving. When you look around and all you see is darkness, it makes it really hard to believe that there's anything good in this world. Picture that darkness and then every now and again, a beautiful ray of light shines through. Maybe it's the sun. Maybe it's the moon. Maybe it's the stars. But the important thing is we see that light penetrates dark. There's a separation between light and dark. We're going to look up, there's going to be a scripture up here. And it's going to say uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Now, notice, the same God who said, let there be light. Let's keep going. This is what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The same God who spoke and said, let there be light, is the same God who shines in your heart. Think about that. The same voice, the same light that pierced the darkness forever ago is the same light that God pours into you. So that you can see Jesus, so the world can see Jesus in you. Think about that just for a second. The same light that God spoke is the same light that pours into you. As it says, for God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He's shown that same light so that we could see Jesus, so that we could know Jesus, so that the world could see Jesus in us. Because God separated the light from the darkness. God separated the light from the darkness. And listen, Without Jesus, guess what we are all? We're all in darkness. It's not until 
God shines that light into us. That we see who He is. How many of you, you know, you hate it in the mornings, you're trying to sleep, and all of a sudden the sun just breaks through your light, your window, and it just like blinds you and wakes you up, and you wish you could be asleep, but the sun's like pointed right at your pillow. Like literally, somewhere in the heavens, the sun has aligned itself to point directly at your eyeball. Right? You ever feel that way? That the sun has strategically sniped your eye socket. (laughs) That's what happens. Um, But when that light shines from the darkness, it causes a reaction. When that light shines from the darkness, it causes something to change. You're not in the dark anymore. My wife loves it to be dark when we're sleeping. My wife loves it to be pitch black dark. But you know what? I got kids. You know what kids got to do in the night? Party. <laughs> they got to go to the bathroom. And I've got a four-year-old that will literally come back bleeding if we don't leave a light on in the hallway. She'll like walk into the kitchen knives or something if we don't leave a light on for her in the bathroom. She's going to come back covered in like brass tacks or something like she's been in my tool shed. I don't know. But if we don't leave a light on her for her to see, she's going to get hurt. So it's really hard some nights for us to go to sleep. But if our kids ever have a sleepover, ooh, it's dark. <laughs> No lights in the house. But sure enough, guess what happens every morning? That sun comes up, and it snipes my eyeball, and it wakes me up. We even have these darkening curtains that are supposed to keep the light out. Don't work. Still blind. Still snipes my eyeball. Um, that's the thing. For God said, God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown it in our hearts, y'all. Just like God spoke in that darkness way back then, God speaks in the darkness in your heart. Let me ask y'all, how many of you feel like if you're super honest, you could say there's some darkness in my heart? Not just my heart, your heart too. (laughs) You're like, Hector definitely has darkness in his heart. (laughs) No, but your heart's too. (laughs) We have darkness in our hearts, and God shines his light into the darkness in our hearts. Because I can tell you something. Every good thing you see in me is that light being shown into my darkness. None of it's me. None of it's me. I promise. Every good thing in me is God shining that light into my darkness because I'm darkness. I'm just like that abyss at the beginning of the Bible, that dark, formless stuff. That's who I am until God shines that light in me. So God shines that light in us so that we can know Jesus. But it's not just there. Check it out. Matthew 5.14 It's important when he shines that light into our darkness, it's not just so that we're lit up. He uses us so that we can be light for others. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Listen, the light that we see coming from space, the light that we see coming from the sky, what are some things that it's good for? Seeing. Like I said, you can see at night sometimes, right? Heat. Heat. Okay, we got the sun that gives us heat. Cool, good call. Growth. Hmm? Growth. But the clouds and the sun. Yep, okay. I got you. I got you. You're good. I, I hear. I hear. I hear your heart. Um, there are things like yeah. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Okay. Good sunlight. Ooh, that's smart. Let's check you out. 
Plants, all right. We get all this stuff with the light is good for. We get that the light is good for those things. You know, back in the day, the stars were how people navigated too. The stars were how they found where they were going because they would use the stars like Google Maps. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd be looking up at the sky, would be their version of a GPS. They would use the stars for that. Our light, that light was useful. The light that we see coming from the sky is useful. It has a purpose. And when God shines that light into us, there's a purpose. We are told to let our light, or we are the light of the world. A town bent on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they, your father may, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I know this probably doesn't affect y'all too much, but this, it was a really personal thing for us. Uh, my area, literally the town I live in, got hit with the biggest hurricane of our year. Um, over 70% of the town I live in was underwater. And it was rough. Literally, my neighbor across the street, house flooded. Like, up into the living room. Two of my college students that I teach literally had four feet of water in their living room. The National Guard had to come and get them. People were swimming through their living room to get them out. And when that happened, it happened in one day, y'all, just one day. The water came at just the right time, and it hit the river. And in our area, there is a railroad track. And when the water swelled up with all the hurricane water, it came from right where the railroad track goes by the river and turned into a funnel and poured all the hurricane water into our town. So literally, there are still houses. This was October 11th, 8th or 11th, one of, one of those days. October 8th, I think it was. And still, houses are being rebuilt. People are still living in shelters from this hurricane. From this flood. But I'm telling you all this because when that happened, guess what we didn't have? Power. We went almost three weeks without electricity. Three weeks before everybody got electricity. We were serving in homeless, we were serving food in shelters at a church nearby my house. And that was people, the only places people could come to get water. People could come to get food. People could come to get showers. So literally, there was so much darkness when that hurricane and that flood hit. Because when you walked outside, there was nothing. No street lights. No building lights. No anything. It's the darkest I've ever seen anything. And I'm talking, I've been in the mountains, you know, in the middle of the woods. It's darker than that. The only thing, the only lights we had was what was coming from the sky. And guess what? Because it was stormy, we didn't have any. Not for a few days. So every time a neighbor would come over to your house in the middle of the night with a flashlight, you were so appreciative. Because all of a sudden, you're out of the darkness and you can actually see some light. When somebody would bring candles over. My family learned to live by candlelight for weeks. Playing, or putting puzzles together, reading books, hanging out, sitting around singing goofy songs in the living room. I mean, we spent more time together as a family because we had to huddle to where the light was. Because if you didn't have light, you couldn't really do much. 
It was a horrible situation for us. We're stronger because of it happened. And thank God, even though it was so bad, there weren't a lot of deaths. There were only a handful of deaths in a storm that big. It's a miracle that only happened to a few people. But let me tell you something. We were in so much darkness that every ounce of light was appreciated. We, we learned not to waste it. We learned to share it. My neighbor went hours away and got a generator and hooked it up to our entire neighborhood. He went and he spent hundreds of dollars on diesel or whatever else for this generator and he ran hundreds of feet of extension cord to every house that he could reach so that we could turn our lights on for a second. So that we could plug stuff in. And then five minutes after he did that, the power came back on. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I felt bad for him, but I was appreciative. But here's, here's the reason I tell you all that. Listen, y'all. The world we live in is dark. And when you shine your light, it's just like it was when lights were shown in that hurricane for us. When you actually shine the light of Jesus Christ in this world, it's like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. It shows that not only are we in darkness, but it shows where to find the light. It shows where to find the light. Because guess what? If you're in the dark and you see a light, what can you do? Follow it. If you see a light, you follow that light. There's a, there's a camp um, near where I, not near where I live, but near where I live called Camp Caraway. Um, for a long time, the CBM missionaries and board members and all that stuff had a meeting there annually. And uh, I went out there and I, there's a basketball court somewhere in the woods. And I went out there about four or five in the, after, in the evening. It was daylight. And I went in this gym. And then I turned the lights on in the gym. I played basketball, just hanging out in there, listening to my headphones for about two or three hours. And when I walked out, pitch black dark. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a flashlight. The only thing I could do was try and look through the woods for light and follow it. There weren't clear paths or anything. And so I'm literally following a light through the dark, hoping I'm not about to like run into somebody's backyard and they're going to shoot me. <laughs> um, but I did. I made it back to the thing. But listen, y'all. Y'all said you've got some darkness in you, right? How many of you know some people in your life that have darkness in their life too? How many of y'all know some people in your life that the darkness is actually kind of taking over their life? That it's becoming too much for them? Listen, if you have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, you can be the light they can follow out of the darkness. Just like the stars and the moon and the sun that shine down, they have a purpose for us. When God shines that light into your life, that is your purpose so that people can see the good in you and realize it comes from God and follow the light out of the darkness. That's on you. Literally, it's like God handing you a flashlight saying, hey, go find the people in the dark and show them how to get back. But that light is your life. Let's just pause real quick and ask you this. If your picture of the world is dark and you are the light, how bright is your light? Are you like kind of super dim? Are your batteries about to burn out? Are you like a Dollar Tree flashlight? What are, where are you at? What kind of light are you? 
Are you one of those like halogen giant bulbs that you know they use for like the Batman signal? Or right, where are you at? What kind of light are you? Because listen, don't you think that sometimes our light is brighter than others? Don't you think that sometimes our light is brighter? Because listen, if we, we, what we choose to do in our life makes our light brighter or darker. It's like hiding it. It's like covering it up. Let's go on. Let's read some more scripture. Ephesians 5, 8 says, all right, we'll go here with John 1, 4. My bad. I got these out of order. Um, because we see that in Jesus, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Because we see that with Jesus, Jesus shone into the darkness, and the darkness couldn't stop it. The darkness couldn't beat it. The darkness couldn't hold it back. So think about it. If that same light that's in Jesus is in you, what does that mean? That the darkness can't what? They can't hold you back. It can't overcome you. It can't stop you. The same light of Jesus is the light that he gives you and the darkness in this world cannot overcome it. But a lot of times we're scared to even shine our light because we don't want the darkness to see it. Sometimes we don't want the light to shine because guess what? When the light shines, it makes us stand out. When the light shines, it draws attention to us. Sometimes when the light shines, it's embarrassing. My daughter one time had these light-up sneakers that every time you took a step, they like had like a rainbow spasm and lights were going all over the place. I remember one time we were at a park and there was a couple just a little off to the distance that was trying to have a date. And I kept seeing my daughter like jumping on picnic tables and stuff in her, her rainbow spasm shoes. And I kept seeing that couple get distracted and look at my daughter's sneakers. Like, dude's trying to be super suave. Like, hey, girl. <laughs> Just catching up, catching the light of the sneakers. When we, when, sometimes we're embarrassed when we catch other people's attention because of the light. Sometimes we're embarrassed by that. Um... This, I, I do a ministry where I go to comic book conventions and I have Bible studies and stuff that I take to comic book conventions and help geeks meet Jesus. It's, it's my weekend activity. It's what I do. And, um, and so I'm there, and, but I'm in that environment where it's, I'm usually one of the only Christians in the area of that nation. And um, so I, Saturday I was at a show in a town called, where was that? Hickory, North Carolina. I was in Hickory, North Carolina at this Comic-Con. And this pastor came to the Comic-Con. And I didn't know him really well. This pastor came to the Comic-Con. And he came to my booth. He's like, praise Jesus! <laughs> and he got super loud. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and part of me would be like, dude, tone it down. You're going to scare people. But then I had to step back. I was like, you know what? He's being a light. I'm not going to tell him to calm down. And, you know, because, like, it kind of made me embarrassed for a second. Because I've learned, I've learned how to interact with people in that area where I can 
take time to spend with them and interact with them and not scare them. You know, some, when somebody hits you in the eyeballs with a flashlight and it kind of blinds you for a second. And so I try not to do that. But this guy took time and he started praying for me right there at my table. And he was praying loud. But you know what? I was glad. Part of me, it was kind of embarrassed that he was praying so loudly at my table. But you know what part of me that was? My darkness. My darkness is like, ew, stop! My darkness is like, I don't like it! My eyeballs! But listen, Jesus has shown, we see in Scripture that that light shines through Jesus and the world can't overcome it. And that's the light that Jesus pours into you. Just like that, we can't stop the sun, no matter how hard we try, we can't stop the sun from hitting us. My wife is pasty, like super pale. I hope she's not watching this. Um, my wife is like super, super, super pasty. You know what? She gets sunburned in the car. Not even joking. Wish I was exaggerating. When we're riding to the beach, this just the, the like right side of her body will get sunburned just from the drive there. Because she can't hide from the sun. We went to the beach on Memorial Day, and she sat under an umbrella. And I'm not, I kid you not, she wore SPF 100. <laughs> like, maximum sun protection. Still got sunburned. I kid, I'm not joking. There was not a moment she left the umbrella. When we walked back to the car, she walked under the umbrella. With her three coats of SPF 100. And still got sunburned. Because guess what? When the light shines into the darkness, it can't be stopped. And when that sun hits my wife, it can't be stopped. <laughs> but listen, y'all, I'm telling you. God pours His light into you. And sometimes you might feel embarrassed to shine your light in the darkness. But that embarrassment you feel is your darkness not enjoying the light that's hidden. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to shine that light. Be the light, y'all. Be the light. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For you were once in dark, or for you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Living or live as children of the lights, for the fruit of the light consists in, check it out, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now, point in case. There's, there's a time stamp on this. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Some of you are in half of this sentence, and some of you are in the other half. If you have not come to a place where Jesus is your Lord, where you have given your life to God, where you know Him as your Savior, you are in that first half of you were once in darkness. The fact that you are in darkness doesn't make you the bad guy. It doesn't mean you're the villain. It doesn't mean that we're going to punch you and throw you in the tetherball court or anything like that. We're not going to like drown you in the pool or you know, hit you with carpet balls in the face. Or we will. Um, you never know. Carpet balls go rogue around here. Um... <laughs> I, don't, I know y'all don't, probably don't have this shirt, but one of my favorite CBM shirts of all the CBM camps was a shirt that said, I love carpet ball. And the kid had a bruise, a black eye, and missing half of his teeth. <laughs> I love that shirt. It was a great shirt. Um, 
Side note, none of that's important. Um, but listen, where this verse says you were once in darkness, that was us. We were all dark. We were all in darkness until that light came into our life. So listen, if you are still in darkness, please understand, this isn't us calling you out. This isn't us coming at you to be negative. We're just trying to show you the light so you can see the way back to home. Where you come from, where you belong, where God wants you to be. But once you are in the light, you are to live as children of the light. How many of y'all have ever been in a place where you're trying to hide your phone? Bunch of liars. Uh, <laughs> you've been in a place where you were trying to be on your phone and, no, and not let anybody see you? You ever been in that place? Listen, a lot of us, that's how we treat Jesus. We want, we want to uh, have a relationship with Jesus, but we want to pull him out where the darkness can't see. Like, we're trying to hide that we're having that light. Listen, y'all, you can't do that. If you have the light, don't try and hide it. If you have the light, don't try and conceal it. If you have the light, don't try and pretend that you're in darkness. It doesn't work. You deceive yourself and you hurt yourself and you rob yourself of where God is leading in your life. You're robbing yourself of that because it says the fruit of the light. Listen, this means when you have light in your life, these things happen. These things come out. These things appear. And check what out they are. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. When the light is in your life, goodness, righteousness, and truth will come out. Like if you eat too much greasy food, pimples will come out. Right? Maybe y'all don't have to deal with this, but I'm like nearing 40 and I still get pimples if I eat too much fried food. Um, yes? You don't, you don't want to get pimples by eating too much greasy food, then don't put a big guy to my house because their pizza is very greasy. I will put that in my notes and I will never eat pizza there. Thank you. Um, but listen, the fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's how you can tell when people are in the light. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness, righteousness, and truth are evidence that people have the light in their life. Because guess what? Sometimes, y'all, we can fake the light. Sometimes we can fake the light. We fake the light like people fake tans. Shot fired! Uh. All right. But for real, we fake the light like people fake tans. We try and spray it on and act like it's real. But the real light produces goodness, righteousness, and truth. So here's the thing. Sometimes people will tell you they're of the light and they're faking it. Some people will tell you that they're of Jesus and they're faking it. Evidence of the light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. If someone is telling you about their faith and you can't see that goodness, righteousness, or truth, you might need to either look a little bit closer or ask them to shine a little bit brighter. But here's your deal. It's your responsibility to show that, to grow that, to have that, by having that light in your life and not trying to hide it. But listen, every time you try to go back to darkness, you're hiding it. 
Every time you try and hide the light in your life, that's what you're doing. You're trying to hide that goodness, that righteousness, and that truth. That's not what you need to do. John 8.12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, this doesn't say he who follows me cannot walk in darkness. It says they will not walk in darkness. That's instruction. That's guidance. That's saying if you're really in the light, you're not going to do this. If you're really in the light, you're not going to walk in darkness. But guess what? You can choose to try to walk in darkness and it's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt God. And it's going to hurt where God is leading you. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. But you know what else? That tells us that if we are following Jesus, we're not going to walk in darkness because Jesus isn't going to lead us in darkness. Because when we're following Jesus, we are following the light. And everywhere we go, that light is in Jesus and that light is in us. And we light it up wherever we're going. We're lit. Hashtag lit. Uh, Hashtag. um, But listen. (laughs) Um, But wherever we go, we bring the light. Wherever we go, we do that. And you can't follow Jesus and go into the darkness because wherever you go, you are the light. But we will have the light of life. Let me encourage you guys. If you're not sure about how to have light in your life, the best thing you can do is just follow Jesus. The best thing you can do is follow Jesus because if you follow Jesus, you're not going to have you're going to be where the light is. You're going to be who the light is. There's one time I was about 17 had a Jeep Cherokee, something went wrong with my engine or my electronics, and my lights went out. Not just a light bulb, all my lights. My tail lights, my brake lights, everything. Even my dashboard light and stuff. Couldn't, even my like, overhead lights couldn't get them to work. And it was in the middle of the night. So I had a friend that I was with, and I said, all right, dude, lead me home. So we got on our country road that led us back to our house. And I stayed close enough to touch his bumper the entire way home. Because if I didn't, I was going to get lost. Or somebody was going to hit me. Or I was going to not be able to see the road or something else. I had to follow closely to that car so that I could see where the light was. Listen, it's no different for how we follow Jesus. You have to stay close to Jesus so you can follow where the light is leading. If you don't stay close to Jesus, you're going to miss where the light is or where the light needs to be. Your relationship with Jesus is going to be what makes this result in light in your life. The way you spend time in his word, the way you spend time in prayer, the way you spend time with other believers, it's going to strengthen you. It's going to make your light stronger 
But if you don't stay close to Jesus, you're not going to have that light. How many of y'all have a cell phone? How many of your cell phones die too quickly? What do you have to do? Charge it. My phone's in that window charging right now. But listen, you have to charge it. So if you want your light to shine, Jesus has poured that light into you. It's like Jesus has given you a smartphone of light, and it's your job to charge it by staying in a relationship with him. Spending time with Jesus is like charging the light he is already giving you. If you don't spend time with Jesus, your light's going to be dim. Nobody's going to be able to see it. So you have to spend time with him. We've already agreed the world is dark. We've agreed that there's darkness in us. But we've learned that Jesus pours light into us. And that if we spend time with him, we will bear fruit of truth, of righteousness. We will bear that fruit and the world around us will be able to see the light that Jesus has given us and the world, the darkness, will not be overcome it, be able to overcome it, will not be able to stop it. There's a little uh, science fact up here for you. It says that uh, it, the sunlight takes about 8 minutes and 17 seconds to travel the average distance from the surface of the sun to the earth. It takes 8 minutes and 17 seconds to get from the sun to us. Okay, that doesn't sound so impressive, but let's, let's look at some other numbers. Let's go to this. All right. Just at the miles per hour, or miles per second, the, the light travels, not just sunlight, light in general, light travels at 186,000 miles per second. 186,000 miles per second. So if it takes eight minutes for the light to get from the sun to the earth, think about how fast the light is going. That light has to take time to travel. You know, it goes 671 million miles per hour. So I just want to, I'm putting these science facts up here just to show you that guess what? Light doesn't always move as quickly as we want it to, y'all. Even though it's going so fast, light travels at ridiculous speed. It still takes eight minutes to get to us from the sun. Sometimes you might be shining your light in the dark situations and it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Sometimes you're trying to get close to Jesus because you want the light from Him to hit the darkness in you and it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Let me just tell you something. There's a speed of light up here, but there's, a speed, there's also a speed of light in your life with God that's going to require patience. It's going to require perseverance. And when you stay in a relationship with God long enough, that light will get to your darkness. That light will get to the darkness in the world around you. Because we've seen that the light that's in us is the light that's in Jesus. And we see that that light cannot be overcome by the darkness, y'all. It's in you. It's in you. And it's your job to let it be out in the world around us. I'm going to pray together and uh, dismiss. Uncle Paul's going to come back up. Father, I love you.
Thank you for letting us be here. Thank you for the time that we spent together. And I just ask that you would help us to simply be light in this world around us. And God, that you would keep pouring your light into us, that we would follow closely enough to you that we would not be in the darkness, that we would follow closely enough to you that we would shine your light wherever we are. In Christ's name, amen.